I'm Luis Lizarazzo, and this is Shedding Light Within Entertainment. Each episode, we'll discuss the humans behind the entertainment industry and explore the issues and topics that are impacting their lives. I want to start off by thanking Bianca Teresi, today's guest, for her incredible vulnerability and just an amazing all-around conversation. We do go down a few tangents related to musical theater, so you've been warned at the beginning. Um, Thanks so much for listening, and here we go with my conversation with the Variato talent performer, Bianca Teresi. All All right. So thank you for joining me. Today I'm joined by Bianca Teresi, who is an incredibly talented performer and creator who I have the fortune to work with. Um, Bianca, why don't you introduce yourself for everyone? Hi, um, my name is Bianca. Um, I am from New Jersey, uh, which is a big shock. Um, <laughs> I'm like, oh my I love God. New Jersey. My nieces you know, are from New Jersey. I'm- I love New Jersey. I was living, I used to live in the city for a while. And then I ended up moving back here uh, during COVID. And like, I love Jersey. For so long, I pretended to hate it. Cause I was like, I live in New York city now. It's mm-hmm. great. Um, but especially cause I'm from like North Jersey too, which is like so close to the city. Mm-hmm. Like I live closer now in North Jersey than I did in Brooklyn to Midtown. Yeah. I, bet. So. I, I went to college with so many people from North Jersey and <laughs> they were all lovely. I went to Lehigh and like oh Lehigh is just like where everybody from North Jersey goes yes. to college. It feels like. And those people are lovely. They grew up in beautiful towns. There's great shopping, good food. What's not to love? Yeah. I already, like, when you said Lehigh, I was like, I can think of three people I know. Yeah. literally went there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like everybody from um, Lehigh is either from, um, not everybody, I'm generalizing here. Yeah. Most There's a lot of Jersey, which, I mean, (laughs) it's only 20 minutes over the border. So it's not like uh, in Pennsylvania. So it's not like super shocking there you go so how did we start to work together um through chris uh chris russell who is an amazing person and friend and coach um i was in his i met him through mcs um and matthew corazine studio yeah 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 yeah. i was big into mcs for a while Mm -hmm. Um, which is um, that studio for anybody that's listening that is a meisner based Um, studio in New York City, who many people that I work with have matriculated there and also worked there. So Tessa Fay worked there, Ted Wald worked there, um, Chris went there, and Chris, who has been mentioned many times on this podcast, um, his brother is married to my sister. So um, we are um, brother-in-laws in in a way. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, he's a great guy. And I was in his on-camera class for a while um, over Zoom. It was during quarantine, actually, um, for a while. And he knew that I was looking for representation um, because I will, and this is not like a planned plug, but what I will say about Chris, what, what makes him so um, special and what's so amazing about his class is he really wants his students to succeed. Like, I think a lot of times you can fall into like a trope of like, I'm on, I'm in class and I want you to stay here forever. You know, I really think that um, he 
knew where I was at in my life and what I wanted to do and um, what I was looking for. And so out of, it was really out of the blue one day, he was like, hey, <laughs> I think the email said possible manager with a question mark. Um, oh, <laughs> it was like, thanks, hey. Chris. Um, so yeah, he sent, he sent uh, you my way and then we set up a meeting and that's how. Yay. I'm so grateful to Chris. He, you know, this business I found is all about relationships and networking, I guess, like any other business, you know, and Chris and I have just gotten into such a great groove where when I meet somebody and they need an acting coach, I I send them to Chris. Um, And then when he meets somebody and they need a manager, he sends them to me. And I am just so grateful to have met you and gotten to work with you. Me too. So how, I mean, how are you doing? How has it been? Things are starting to, you know, open up. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I think um, the pandemic was a little, wasn't a little, it was strange. It was weird. It was literally mm-hmm. like within a blink of an eye. I, cause I was living in Brooklyn when it started. And now- Which part? Uh, Bushwick. Oh, fun. Yeah. I oh, I loved it. I was there for yeah. years. That's great. Um, and with a blink and like in a blink of an eye, all of a sudden, what I thought I literally thought I was coming home for like a week. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like I lost my job, my apartment, and our industry just shut down. Oh, um, I hate hearing that. I mean, I just hate <laughs> reliving that. But yeah, I mean, no. same. <laughs> it was like bizarre. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so from there, um, now that things are opening back up, um, I definitely will say, I feel like I did need a break. Like I, I kept saying right up, like before the pandemic, I was like, I just want two weeks to like, not think about acting, not think about writing, not think about anything other than just like spending time, like just doing other things I enjoy just cause I felt like I was like running from class to class to audition, to writing, to producing my own stuff. Like I was going crazy. Um, and then the pandemic kind of gave me that for almost two years. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. I like, yeah. um, so I definitely like, I'm not ever going to try and say it was a good thing. Like it, COVID is horrible, but like I, now that I'm coming back to it, I'm feeling like very ready to come back in a new way and excited and not coming from a place of burnout. Um, and it's also been like two years. Like I was 26 when this started. That's my, I'm in my late twenties now. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've been waiting to like age into these roles. <laughs> I'm like, I've been trying to play a 35 year old since I was 18. So like now <laughs> when I see, I'm like, Ooh, when I see there's like certain things opening up, I'm like, Ooh, I could actually play these roles now. So it, I feel good. I feel excited and like rested. Good. You know, there is a silver lining I, that it's come up on this podcast a bunch. And I think there's um, space and time to look inward. And I think having that ability to come back refreshed and with like a new perspective and the ability to play older roles, if that's what you're looking for <laughs> um, is great. Um, you know, I, I really believe in um, continuing development and self-growth and self-care. And that is one of the silver linings of all this. So I don't think there's anything 
obviously it is a terrible, awful situation that we've all had to live through, but it's okay for us to say, you know, I learned something. I did something. I found something um, through all this, through all this strife and um, heartache. There's, there are silver linings and I totally think that's awesome. So speaking of your writing, producing, creating, we need to talk about your legendary character, Lantus. Please <laughs> tell us where that came from. People, go look on YouTube. Lantus is a multi-part series, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're working on a new part. We, we wrote a blog post about that. Tell, tell everybody about that. Um, yeah, so I went to school for musical theater. And um, I love musical theater. Like I, I really, and I spent the first, like my early twenties working in regional theater a lot um, before I started doing comedy. So I fell in love with it, like from an early age, I've been singing since I was nine. Like that was my thing. Um, and when I went to college for it, I went to UART, got my BFA there. When I went to college for it, <laughs> I was like, I would run into these teachers that would be like, they would be vicious. Like that is just the honest to God truth. They would be like viciously mean, but like, it, it, like it was funny to me. Like it was definitely traumatizing. Like I definitely have that part of like that really toxic BFA as I went to school 10 years ago, 10 years ago, teachers were like at my school were vicious. But it was, it, there was always like a hysterical element to me because like I would have a teacher like screaming at me because I didn't do like, I am like, I didn't, I didn't transcribe. It was, I had a voice and speech teacher literally who would scream because I didn't transcribe something the right way. But she'd be like wearing four scarves in the corner and like from <laughs> a distance being like, it's not that way. And I'd be like, you're screaming about the word lemon. like. What is happening? Um, So there was always like this room for me, especially as I went into like comedy, there was like such a love I had of musical theater and this love of comedy that I was like, I really wanna bring together a character of like a delusional actress who like doesn't have any, cause like me, Bianca, like I have, I'm riddled with insecurities. I think that's why I do what I do, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but like, there's something so beautiful about crafting a delusional character Mm -hmm. because there's like not one moment of uncertainty or Mm -hmm. insecurity. And um, it just comes from like a love of every bad musical theater teacher you ever had um, wrapped up into one little (laughs) character. I love that. I think it's so campy. <laughs> yeah. The biggest fan of camp. You know, RuPaul describes camp as the ability to see yourself as this like other being that's from a different planet and then be able to make fun of who you are, but with this alter ego, you know? And I think there's just so much therapeutic good to doing something like that also makes you more empathetic because you're like stepping outside of yourself but this character is so ludicrous (laughs) she is hilarious i love her dancing her um her accent do you want to give us like maybe a little bit of the way she speaks oh yeah to put you on the spot Uh, no my god well like i feel like with lounges it's like very pronounced like everything (laughs) has meaning um yeah it's a lot of like 
like I, it was before I started watching Shit's Creek, but a lot of like Moira. Oh, like, totally. Moira, Even with the wig. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I was like, oh my God, that's her. Um, so yeah, it's very like pronounced. Everything's dear and near to her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's literally... really felt. It really feels. <laughs> Everything. And I think what um, is so fun about that, because I, I feel like um, I was doing stand-up for years in my, in my I guess, early mid-20s. And um I would have a really, I would have a hard time writing new material. Like I could write a five minute set and have it be like gold and stick with that. But I would have a really hard time like finding inspiration for mm. new material. But was really, what was really great about like finding lounges is like, since <laughs> like I know who this person is mm-hmm. and I like so deeply like have found like, I don't know her like quirks it just, it was, it's so easy to write for her because mm-hmm. everything to me, like she sees the world in amazement. And like, that's, that's hysterical to me. Like I'm looking at a pencil right now. Like she could go off about a pencil for 15 minutes of like how this reminds her of like what show she was in, um, you know? So there, there's so much freedom really in that character. It's I love that. Yeah. I love that. I do. I do the same thing, actually, because I do yeah. drag, drag as a hobby, right? And Sancerre, I've done, like, all these creative writing, like, journal entries about her backstory. And it literally is, like, it just, like, flows out. Like, Sancerre is mm-hmm. 10 years older than me. And, like, she's just had this, like, very sordid background that, like, <laughs> she doesn't always like to get into. But then, like, you get, like, a tidbit of it. It's That's how I feel like Launtus is, too. Yeah. Like, you get, like, these little glimmers into her backstory. And you just know that there's, like, so much more there that you're not even, you're seeing just the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Yes. I love and that. that always, and that always leaves them wanting more, you know? hmm Yeah. So... What is, I know you're working on a a new edition of Lantus. How is that going? Um, It's really fun. I definitely, um, the director, uh, Heather is my friend and fellow director and writer and producer. Um, She reached out to me actually this late this summer. And she was asking if I would want to do another episode. And I was I was like, absolutely. (laughs) I just kind of, you know, it's a little hard to, um, it was hard, I guess, in the summer to like put it all together. Um, But again, once I started writing, uh, it kind of flowed right out. It's very similar. Like, I think there's that fear of like, oh, I haven't really written for this character since before the pandemic, like what's going to happen? And it, it's still there. Like, it's still a muscle. Um, so right now we're just in like the draft pages, which is my favorite time because there's no crunch time. There's no like, I don't know. You don't, you know how it is when you're writing for a character. It's like everything comes out on the page and then you film about like three pages of what you write. <laughs> but um, it's just really great. But then you have more material for next time too. Absolutely. That's literally what we did. We, we, we like picked up the last script and we're like, okay, um, what's going on here? Like, can we pull from this and this and that? And there's just so many fun ideas when you're working with an absurd character. Like there's so many fun ideas um, because nothing is off limits. The only thing that's off limits is just budget and like legal things. Like, you know, I, the last episode we were, she like auditioned, she saw there was like a now hiring. 
sign at Chipotle. And she thinks like that's a new musical. Um, so <laughs> we were like, okay, it's not, I can't go in there. Like I can't go in there because then I would have to get like consent forms from like every single worker there. This is pre COVID times. So like I couldn't run in there, you know, um, but I can walk outside of it. So it's like a lot of logistics like that, but yeah, there's nothing off limits. It's fun. That's great. So when do you think, when do you think you're going to start filming? I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking like, I would say early winter, early winter. So then nice. something could be up by the spring. Yeah, that's great. That's a fun time to have a project too. Cause it can be, you know, just a little bit slower, dreary, you know, a seasonal depression starts to kick in and you're like, I need something to work on. Yeah, I know. That's cool. I love that you write and create. Um, what else in the industry, you know, are you excited about? Are you looking forward to? Um, I, and I think I said it before, um, but I, my, like my whole life, especially going to school for theater, um, they were like, you're not, gonna, you're not going to have a career till you're 30. Um, <laughs> because ouch. Yeah, I know. Uh, or you're just going to be playing 35 year olds or you have to wait to age into like, you know, like Diana next to normal or Baker's wife or witch or, um, so now, um, I feel like it's, it feels like it's been two years, but also it feels like it's been like a hundred. Um, I'm really excited at going after roles that I've kind of been waiting for, you know, and, um, I'm just excited to like get to work. <laughs> like it feels, I was just like, I um, I did a guest spot on my friend's uh, web series, like I would say about a month ago. And it just was so nice to be like back to work. I was like, oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> I love this. It's like, I'm just excited to like actually really go for the roles like I've been always wanting to go for and just um, get back to it. Yeah. Totally. I love that. What else is going on? I know you were really busy training and getting set up for your, you know, side hustle, which is more of a, you know, day to day thing now, but what, what's going on there? Yeah. So, um, I was, I found soul cycle. I feel like the second you say soul, it's like, I've been like avoiding saying it because people have such like a (laughs) reaction. Um, (laughs) because <laughs> it does have like not a me I mean I go to bear I go to berries like three times a week and I, I was talk say, about get it. it I get it yeah I'm like drinking the juice you know these oh. like franchise workout mm-hmm. um chains like I'm I'm on board so there's no shame here they, I, thank you it's so well soul cycle it, it has like a huge cult following um they're literally I think it says cult and like in one of the locations like I think it says like cult like following like in one of the studios i was like (laughs) if the shoe fits they're owning it they're owning it we own it um so i found soul cycle years ago i was going through a lot of like and actually something i don't know if i have even talked about with you um i wrote a piece when i was a part of mcs i wrote a piece called letters to gina um have we talked about this no tell me oh wow okay so I wrote a piece, it was different than anything I'd ever written before, because um, I wrote primarily comedy. Um, and when I, for many years, I struggled with an eating disorder. And so I wrote a, um, 
a piece that was a part of Shrill Fest, the Shrill Collective is a group of women who produce, you know, the Shrill. I know Shrill, yeah. Yeah, the they're Shrill amazing. Fest. Yeah, amazing. They're amazing. Uh, so I wrote a piece uh, called Letters to Gina and I named my eating disorder Gina. And I wrote eight letters to her and it was like, a, it was like the vagina monologues. I love this. How therapeutic. Oh my yeah. God. So full circle. It Keep was going. It was Tell really me more. Cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I've, I've been rethinking of like uh, how I want to get back to it. Uh, Cause I took some time away because it was like too, it was too personal. And you want to know when you're writing, like what's therapeutic and then what's over the line. You know what I mean? Like we don't need every detail of every breakup I ever went through in every letter, you know, like, um, so I'm, I'm interested in developing that further, but kind of experimenting with like how I want to go about it, you know, but throughout all of that time of my life, I was not, I was going through recovery. So exercise like wasn't a thing because you're really not allowed to exercise. Um, but soul cycle had opened and I was living in Hoboken at the time years ago. It's funny because now I work in Hoboken at the Soul Cycle, and I like just walked in one day and I went and I literally remember sitting in the back row. It's bike 60. It's all the way in the back, like in the dark. And I remember like looking at the woman on the podium and I was, that's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. And like, I couldn't, I, I wasn't riding on the beat. Like, I don't even know what the heck I was doing. Like I was not, especially your first Soul Cycle class, you're like moving around the bike, you're like doing push-ups, you're like, and you can barely hear people. Like it's, it's uh, very disorienting if you don't go a lot. Um, but I just knew it was something I had to like keep doing and wanting to go more and more and more too. Um, and I ended up during quarantine, I, I was just like auditioning constantly, but always going to soul cycle throughout my whole life in New York city. Um, and I ended up during quarantine when soul was shut down, everything was shut down. I was like, I need to do something here that can just like get me one step closer to maybe making this like a dual career because I miss acting, I miss writing. And I also really, like, I really miss soul cycle. I was like, this, this goes beyond just like the person who likes to work out, you know? Um, no, I get it. I was doing berries at home throughout COVID, like on Zoom. And I would not have been able to get through COVID without even just that shred of community and like continuity, you know, stability. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine because with Soul Cycle you need a bike, so you have to be in the studio. Uh, exactly. Um, so I ended up. So I was like really thinking about it more and more. I was like, why do I miss this so much? And I was like, oh, it's because I want to become an instructor. Um, so I ended up getting certified. Yeah, not just yet. I'm still working on it because it takes a long time, and uh, the pandemic is still happening. <laughs> but I, I, actually... I love these goals. You know, something to work toward. You, yeah. It's it's such a it's been such a really cool journey. I got certified through Schwinn. Uh, so I'm a certified spin instructor. I actually had gotten hired at like another studio uh, to teach spin. Uh, and it really wasn't the way I like to teach. It was all about like following RPMs and which shouting numbers at people. And SoulCycle doesn't do any of that. And um, then I saw SoulCycle and Hoboken was hiring for front desk. And I literally quit my teaching job to work front desk and work my way up. And um, it has been a lot of trust, a lot of like hardships, but also amazing. And it's such a good lesson um, of actually, I would rather work longer for what I actually want 
than to just stay in the same place and kind of hundred percent this is okay it's like what are you going to stay in a relationship that's okay because you think there's no one else like you know what I mean like wouldn't you rather wait for the person you want to be with I felt that way about waiting for soul and I still feel that way and I, so I work at the Hoboken studio I love it and um that's what I'm up to. Yeah. Just waiting for next round of auditions for instructors, which um, I don't know when that is <laughs> because <laughs> we're hoping we like survive as a company, but uh, yeah, it's, it's the best. I love it. That's great. Yeah. I think, you know, the means justify the ends, you know, so it's like so nice to have that process and that journey because it's something you're working on. You know, that's how I try to look at this company too. And this process because there, you have to celebrate the little wins along the way because sometimes the journey is longer than um, than you anticipate at the beginning. But I'm proud of you. I think that's awesome. I love hearing about um, Gina also. I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing. That's a very personal thing to share. So I appreciate you being so um, vulnerable. And um, yeah, I'm here to support you as a whole person so your soul cycle journey your acting career your writing career i'm here for you and i'm here for it thank you thank you so much that's it's really important too i think um to like remember that we're whole people so that's really powerful that you're saying that because i think a lot a lot of my life in this industry has been like okay i do musical theater that's it okay, if I want to do comedy, now I'm a comedian. Okay, if I want to be a soul cycle instructor, I'm an instructor. Okay, you know, like there's no commas in my life. <laughs> and um, I think you have to, to be, a multi- to be, I think, really great at anything. You have to explore a wealth of other things, you know? Yeah, um, that's funny you say that. So I think like 10 years ago, the idea was that you needed to have 10,000 hours in one thing to be an expert. Uh-huh. But I just read this other book. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but there's this new competing theory that actually people that do a little bit of everything are the most well-rounded and actually the best at whatever they decide to do because they're able to take all the various lessons that they've learned along the way and incorporate that into whatever they're doing. And I really hope that the second theory is the one that holds water because I, this is my fourth career. You know, yeah. I like dabble in a lot of different things. And so we're really banking on the idea that people can be good if they have a lot of different experiences. And so I'm glad you bring that up because I do think that that's part of, that's really the reason why I named the company Variato, yeah. to be honest, is because I think that that is how the future is going to develop, especially since we're all living longer, you know? Like if we're all gonna be living longer, you like better hope that you're changing things up. I know, I I agree a hundred percent. I think you have to like, and this idea of you go to college at 18 years old and you're expected to know what you wanna do with the rest of your life is bizarre to me. Um, If I could go back, I would have taken a gap year because I wish, I mean, you, I'm happy I got the training I did, but like, it would have been, I didn't really start writing till I was like out of college. So like, it would have been nice to just explore anything other than musical theater. If I went back, like, and I told my 18 year old self that I would like punch myself in the face. I'd be like, absolutely not. This is all I'm ever doing, you know? So like hindsight is 2020, but like, really, I, I think, I think it's, 
you just become a better person when you do more things mm-hmm. like you live, without you a learn. deadline yeah you know? i watched the tonys yesterday so now i'm just thinking of jagged little pill oh i know i know <laughs> They were so good. Oh my God. I was so happy that they're like that Broadway is back. I'm so excited. Me too. I want to, is there anything you're looking forward to seeing on Broadway this year? Oh yeah. Um, I really want to see Waitress. I've actually Oh my God, me too. I want to see, Sarah Burrells was so good in um, Girls 5 Eva that like, I really want to see it with her. Oh my, yeah. I have never, I've never seen it. I've like been in for it a couple of times, but I've never seen it. Um, and it's just such a beautiful show. Like just the music and like, there's so many different characters that are just so like, oh, that's a show I would love to like see, but also like be in. Um, so, but like that, I really want to go see Wicked again. Like, I just I feel like, Wicked. oh, there's so much nostalgia like for Wicked, like. Well, I just love The Wizard of Oz like so much. Oh, like yeah. any any iteration of The Wizard of Oz, like The Wiz, I'm obsessed with. The Wizard of Oz, Best. I'm obsessed with. Wicked, I'm obsessed with. Like they're just so. It's like, it's like you know lore. It's like folk. It's like lore to yeah. us. Like we grew up with all of that. Like I love yeah. it. Yeah, and The Wizard of Oz like has so many good metaphors like for life like amazing yeah this is like Matthew Corzine if he were to watch us and be like if she didn't quote me on this he'd be mad but like he always talks a lot in like class about like it's just a man behind that curtain you know like what a good symbolism like for life that is you know it's Mm -hmm. like for any stage of life when you realize your parents are people or the grass is always greener too is one that comes from that you know like that Dorothy can't really appreciate her life until she like goes and has this other experience it's like the grass is always greener honey you know (laughs) I know it's it's really Oh, it's so good. It's so brilliant. Um, yeah, I love Wicked. I remember when Wicked came out, I was like 11. Mm, so that nice. was like, yeah, full-fledged into like theater kid mode. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I've seen it six times. Like no oh, joke, yeah. I've seen it six times. And oh, um, yeah. I could definitely see it again. I really want to see six. <gasps> Me too. I want to see six. My best friend went to see it this week and she sent me a text. She said, I was literally sitting in the theater thinking, why am I not here with Louise? Oh my God. <laughs> so I like need to go see that yeah. now. Oh my God. Yeah. You, I have not seen it and I'm dying to see it. I was literally just listening it to like listening to it the other day. And I was like, this, it's so good. Yeah, oh my I, God. I, that's funny. You listen to shows before you see them. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm like, I mm-hmm. will, I love experiencing the music. See, this is like a total, wow. but it may be because you're from the musical theater background yeah. too. You like want to know every show. Yes. I don't listen to the soundtrack until after I see a show. And then like, all I do is listen to the soundtrack. Wow. Yeah, it's been, it's really um, helps me to like immerse myself in the experience hearing it Mm -hmm. for the first time. Like I can really remember the first time I saw Rent when I was 16 and like learning all the music after I saw it for the first time. And then when I saw Hamilton, I was just like, when the stage starts spinning in Hamilton, I, I like almost got out of my seat and started clapping. <laughs> yeah, like, I was what? so excited when like Angelica Schuyler's like moving in circles around the stage. It's, it's incredible. I, 
that's like I love that because you are you seem to be a patient person then I um am not like I literally like I literally watch shows without my boyfriend like he gets so mad he'll be like why does it say on the Hulu that you because <laughs> I will just like I want to watch it I don't care if I'm with you or not um and I like just I need to listen to it before but it's such a better experience because I remember when I saw Rent if you want to talk about how many times you see a Broadway show that's embarrassing. I saw Rent 19 times on Broadway. Oh my God, you beat me. I've seen it 15 times. Oh my, are you like a Rent head? Um, I mean, I grew up in the 90s. So like, yeah. I'm like, I, it was the first, it wasn't the first Broadway show I ever saw. The first Broadway ever show, saw, show I ever saw was Grease when they, when it came back to Broadway in like 95 oh, with, um, with, with Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yeah. yeah, I love her. Uh, me too. I saw it with Rosie O'Donnell. It was amazing. Um, somebody else was in it. I can't remember who, but it was like so phenomenal. But then Rent was probably like the you know fifth Broadway show I ever saw. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. I I saw Rent. I was 11. I was starting to do community theater and I had like older friends who were like, this show is edgy and cool. So I like made my mom take me. And I had just listened to the highlight CD. Like it wasn't. This is like I know that really one. Agent. It takes yeah. out all the like voicemails and stuff. Yes, it only yes, has like the, the song. Yes, like Christmas Day. Like all of those things are gone. And um, which I actually love. I can't listen to the highlights. I like need the voicemails. I need the voicemails. Like I need Mark's mom. I need Mark's mom. Like no. same, same. <laughs> like no. But I remember like seeing it and not knowing some of the songs, and it was like such. I mean, it was like that whole experience was like an awakening because I became obsessed with rent. I like, I like had a, I found, I still have it. My journal, like my sixth grade journal, which is like the best material I've ever written. Like, oh my God, amazing. You need to use that in, in, in something. I really do. I actually, years back, me and my friends did write a show called middle school memories based off of it because like it was so funny and embarrassed. Like I have an I have an entry called Bad at Gym. Like it was just so funny. That's amazing. But That's like, amazing. I could have written that entry too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That's why it makes me laugh so much. Like that, what I want to do with Soul Cycle, because like. I was not an athlete. Like I did not grow up playing soccer. Like I did not. That's why it, it really is. Uh, I love it because it like spins the idea you think of a fitness trainer on its head. Um, but yeah, my oh. whole journal was like, I had a rent quiz. I made myself a rent quiz. It was like the teacher's edition. Cause I like put the, the <laughs> answers in there. It was so embarrassing, but so good. I was like, Oh, oh good. I love this. Um, okay. So thank you. I feel like people listening definitely have a good sense of you now. <laughs> um, what advice would you give to somebody that's trying to make it in this industry or what advice do you feel like you needed to hear or that you would have wanted to know? Because a lot of, you know, shedding light within entertainment is really to talk about the process. So thank you so much for sharing as much as you have so far, but is there any like takeaway that you want to share? I think we, we're starting to wrap up here. Yeah. Um, I definitely uh, would give the advice to trust your gut. Like, really trust yourself um, because like all the answers that you're seeking within this industry of like, do I fit in here? We're not like are within yourself, trust yourself. Um, I wish I had 
paid more attention to that when I was in school, like with certain teachers that were giving me like material that didn't feel right for me. And I wish I had stood up for myself a bit more. Um, and then also just, uh, I do believe comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, it's so easy to do. My God, totally. <laughs> I, I have to, I literally have to tell myself every day that the grass is always greener. Like yes. that's why I came up earlier. Cause I'm constantly telling myself like to, that I am good enough and I am yeah. worthy and that the grass is always greener. And I just have to be happy with my own experience. Yeah, you do. And it's so much easier said than done. Um, I think it's important to like say those things out loud because like somebody could look at you with your whole like company be like oh wow he has it all it's just nice to hear that people are human so I think I would definitely say just remembering that like everyone in this industry is still a human no one's perfect and um just do what's in your heart and believe in yourself and trust yourself and go for it because it doesn't matter what anybody says or thinks or does but you I love that. I love that. I'm going to listen to this and I'm going to take something <laughs> from it when I need it. And I hope that if you ever are having a bad day, you can remember this because I think that's amazing advice to give. And it's so true. You know, I, um, I actually was just working through this and I was thinking sometimes I got mad at myself for feeling that way, yeah, you know, but it's just human. We're all human and everybody feels that way. So yes. like you can't get mad. You just have to accept it and then try and embrace your own lived experience and all the gifts that you have and all the things that, you know, each of us brings. So, wow. Amazing. Oh my God. What a fun conversation. I love yes, you. Thank I you so you. much for doing this. <laughs> and I cannot wait. Um, for the world to hear it. So thank you, Bianca, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. We're going to have to have you back after Lantus is out, uh, after the new in, um, installation of Lantus comes yes. out in the spring. Please do, yes. Okay, good. All right, I'm already thinking about 2022 here. I know, me too. Oh my gosh. It's happening. I'm here like... it comes. I know, I know. Oh man. It's crazy. All right. Thank you so All much. Right. Thank We're... you. Thank you so much again, Bianca, for joining us. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. We look forward to sharing more stories with you, like this, on the next episode of Shedding Light Within Entertainment. From Variato Talent, I'm Luis Lizarazzo. See you next time.